With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We believe in the American way. And we built this country called the USA. And we fly our flag because we're proud and free. We're Americans. Red, white, and blue is our way of life. Never back down from a challenge or a fight. Nature provides, God gives the right. We're Americans. Make up America. But it's amazing America. Welcome to our Convention of States podcast, That Provident Article. This podcast series is a weekly discussion concerning the fifth article of the United States Constitution. The amending provision, with a general view on the phrase Convention for Proposing Amendments and specific focus on the Convention of States project. My name is Paul Hodson. I am the co-director here in the great state of Texas. Each week we meet to educate ourselves on Article 5 to promote the Convention of States project and its use of Article 5 to rein in our federal government. For more information regarding the Convention of States project, I invite you to visit www.conventionofstates.com Later in the show, if opportunity allows, our call-in number is 914-205-5632. Further contact information is available at blogtalkradio.com for that Provident article. We want to thank Madison Rising, America's most patriotic rock band, endorsers of the Convention of State Project, for the use of all the music here on our episodes of That Provident Article. Please visit their website at www.madisonrising.com. And a quick review as we begin our show, Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution is available there in full on blogtalkradio.com on our site. We particularly look at that phrase, Convention for Proposing Amendments, as initiated by the applications of two-thirds of the state's legislatures. And we want to point out the subject matter of our application at the Convention of States Three points, impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and limit the terms of office for its officials and for members of Congress. And good morning, patriots around the nation. Thank you for joining our our podcast this morning. Again, my name is Paul Hodson. I see I have one caller queued up. I had another person who was queued up uh, online ready to call in and uh, went ahead and, and uh, hung up. If you want to call back in, we will get to calls in a moment. I do want to set the table for what we're covering this morning here on that Provident article. We are going to cover some news from around the nation. We will cover that fairly quickly, but it was exciting news for the Convention of States project. And we do want to cover a couple of things which deal with the Supreme Court. Uh, Chelsea Clinton campaigning for her mother this week uh, mentioned some things about the Second Amendment. And then we want to speak on the case United States versus Texas, in which oral arguments were heard this Monday, this past Monday, in the Supreme Court about uh, President Obama's immigration executive order. So we want to get to those uh, at some point, but I see I have a couple of callers queued up. Let me at least get to the, uh, the great news from the Convention of States project 
from around the nation. The Oklahoma House passed the Convention of States resolution this past Monday, 57 to 33, that vote. Uh, I was able to listen to most of the arguments on the floor. Uh, it was actually occurring late in the afternoon on Monday. Um, if, if you ever get a chance if, if to watch some of these debates uh, or even you can see some of the streaming of committee hearings, just some fascinating uh, political drama that plays out the back and forth. And then uh, Thursday morning, the Missouri House passed their application, 105 to 43. So congratulations to the teams in Oklahoma and in Missouri. And we want to especially recognize the courage of the lawmakers in those respective houses in Oklahoma and Missouri to pass those applications. We want to bring attention to the state of Arizona. We ask that there be continued pressure on Senator Andy Biggs. For two years now, actually this is the third year in a row, he has blocked that our, our resolution from getting out onto the floor for a vote. Uh, he is the state Senate leader, and he is a strong opponent. We believe we have the votes on the floor. And much like Harry Reid did back when he was the majority leader in the U.S. Senate and would block things from even coming up for vote, uh, that is what is occurring in Arizona. I'm going to bring the caller up before we head to uh, our news stories and the rest of our, our show. And I have a caller on. Uh, who am I speaking with? Hello? Can you hear me? Someone had been holding. I'm going to put them back on hold. We can continue on. I do have a caller up, but they did not respond. Okay, uh, we are going to discuss Chelsea Clinton. Uh, she went ahead and, you know what, I'm just going to go play the audio for what she stated earlier this week campaigning for her mother. It matters to me that my mom also recognizes the role the Supreme Court has when it comes to gun control. With Justice Scalia on the bench, one of the few areas where the court actually had an inconsistent record relates to gun control. Sometimes the court upheld local and state gun control measures as being compliant with the Second Amendment, and sometimes the court struck them down. So if you listen to Moms Demand Action and the Brady campaign and a major efforts pushing for smart, sensible, and enforceable gun control across our country, which in disclosure have endorsed my mom, they say they believe the next time the court rules on gun control will make a definitive ruling. So it matters to me that my mom's the only person running for president who not only constantly makes that connection, but also has a strong record on gun control and standing up to the NRA. This is one of those issues I didn't know I could care more about until I became a mother. And I think every day about the Sandy Hook families whose children every day don't come home from school. And I can't even imagine that. Okay, that was Chelsea Clinton, and uh, I see I have a second caller up, and I will try the first caller here in a moment. But let me uh, let me play what Governor Abbott here in Texas has said about a threat to our Second Amendment rights. Uh, he actually concurs with what you heard from Chelsea Clinton, and the concerns we have with with justice, the concerns on our side we have with Justice Scalia no longer being available to the court. Well, some people have warned: be careful what you ask for. Because your Second Amendment rights are going to be taken away. These are people who simply don't understand what's going on in the United States of America today. Again, 
all it takes is 13 states to block anything like the Second Amendment from being hijacked. But here's the other thing that people like that simply do not get. And that is the decision out of the United States Supreme Court that protected your individual right to keep and bear arms was decided in a five to four decision with Justice Scalia writing the majority decision. If Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders appoints the successor to Scalia and other successors to the United States Supreme Court, the Second Amendment right that you know today will no longer exist. This is exactly why we can no longer trust those in leadership positions in Washington, D.C. to guarantee the protection of the liberties that we were given under the United States Constitution. Okay, who would have ever thought that we would say that both Chelsea Clinton and Texas Governor Greg Abbott would agree on something? They agree that with the absence of Justice Scalia there and the uh, balance of power in the Supreme Court now uh, up for grabs, that is a great threat, or in the case of, of the Clinton side, uh, a great opportunity to overturn and to uh, basically uh, eliminate the, our Second Amendment gun rights, our right to bear arms. I'm going to go ahead and try this first caller again, and the second one I think I know who that is, but let me try this first one. Caller, I have you up. Your last four digits of your number are 8808. Are you there? Hello? Put that person back on hold. Go go to the next person. Hello, you're on the air on that Provident article. Is this Bill Ely, perchance? And maybe I'm having problems with my... Sorry, Paul. I, I, Are you there, Bill? I was just listening in. Yeah, I'm here. I was just listening in. Oh, okay. I, I didn't. I, this is my first time on the call. I appreciate what you guys do. Um, I didn't realize it was. Uh, yeah, I was prompted to. I guess engage. I thought was. I was sort of listening on the radio. Most of the time, I just do presentations. But you know, I'm going to make it more interactive. I, I think it's. You know what? My show's a lot better when I don't talk. Isn't that awful? <laughs> no, no, that's good. No, it's, it's, it's again the first time I've joined. I was actually doing some other work this morning, and I said, you know, I'm gonna, I got your note on it, and I, I thought I'd join. So what's up? Uh, um, well, I'm actually doing COS stuff right now. Um, doing a couple of follow-up things. I, I do agree, uh, absolutely. I mean, the, the the fact is our constitution changes every year by you know five votes, folks in black black robes. And you know, some of unfortunate, some of our our opposition that agrees with us on almost everything seems to think that Second Amendment right is something that's uh, on the balance. It certainly is, and I think that a way to fight it uh, is to you know strengthen some of the language in the Constitution that that allows us to override any Supreme Court type of decision that that could infringe on those rights. So, um, I follow what you do. It, it's uh, it's um, anyway. Some thoughts, at least in the line of the no, no. you're already talking about. Right, and you know certainly our our bills here in, in Texas as well are 
our governor certainly has several thoughts, and other people have had thoughts on what kind of amendments could be brought forward to help curtail the authority of the Supreme Court, an authority which they really weren't supposed to have in the first place to actually be the enforcers, not the enforcers, but actually to make rulings which were, in in, in essence, uh, the force of law across the nation. They were only to interpret and to basically uh, either agree or or perhaps strike down legislation which had come to pass, that's, not, that's right. not make law themselves. And you know, some, some of the ideas that have been out there that would be germane under our application would be uh, Governor Abbott's idea to make it a majority opinion would require seven, actually 75%, it would be the actual language of the amendment. 75% right. of the justices would have to agree. Uh, that just sets the bar higher. Uh, you know, His argument is since they're basically amending the Constitution from the court anyway, why not put that threshold up as high as it is for any other amendment to the Constitution uh, through ratification? And then right. uh, another, another proposal he has, which has also been proposed by some other folks, is some type of supermajority of the state legislatures having the authority to overrule a – a, a, a majority opinion from the Supreme Court, and that would be right. the final uh, say. The states would have the final say in anything. Um, and and they there's, should. there's debate as to what yeah. You know, there's debate about what that threshold of the supermajority should be, uh, but and that's one of the things you could debate. You know, what's, right. what's the right number? But right. Um, certainly. No, last weekend, those, those are some opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, last week at the uh, at the gun show in Pasadena, that obviously Second Amendment rights for that culture is, is uh, extremely important, and that that is one of the things I would talk with them because it, it would, you know, you only have a limited amount of time to start engage the citizen and talk about convention of states, and so you you try to gravitate to the things that are most important to them, and and a gun show it is the, that Second Amendment right. So I did talk to them about you know some of items that are in uh, Governor Abbott's proposal. So, yeah, you're, you're right. And, and, and as soon as you had that conversation, they they, they, they absolutely, you know, understood it um, and got engaged. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a big deal. Yes, one of the things I think we're learning with the Conventional States Project is to uh, – our, our application is – is it's not nebulous if you sit and think about it, but you do have to think about it and – some folks have a hard time imagining what does that actually mean, and when you give them some examples of what could be proposed and ratified and and make it um, a a tangible item that that, that they can uh, hold on to um, and then right. understand yes then, then they then they grasp right onto it oh i I understand what you you're trying to do now now I get it that's a good point so that's yep. a good point yep. yeah yeah, our, yeah our and, is and certainly no, unique right in that it it's it's yes. Um, it's sort of, I don't say it's not, it's not necessarily broad, but it's not a specific, you know, subject matter. It's, it's, it's about limiting power of federal government. So you're right. I think if you give them more concrete examples, it, 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 it resonates with them a lot more. No question. Yes. All right. Anything else we can do for you this morning? I'm good. Thank you. Oh, so thank listening. you for calling in. I'm going to see Oh, okay. Thanks. Did, uh, it's, did, it's short. Do people so, just uh, stay on, or is that how? I don't know how. How does it, how does it work? No, it, you you it, can bail out if, if you're on if you're on the well. You can stay on and listen if you want. If you don't have it up on your computer, you can you can also listen. Log in on your computer or, or on your mobile device directly to the site on Blog Talk Radio with the the link there, and then I see, probably okay. about 
uh, probably about an hour or two hours later, this actually rolls over onto iTunes, and you, okay. and you can pull it up and and you can listen to yourself there. Got it. My download the podcast. Not understanding how it works. No, Perfect. no, that's Thanks okay. So it's, it's it's an interesting technology. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Bill. We'll All right. Have later. a great day. Thank you. Thanks for what you do, Paul. Sure. Bye. Bye. Sure. All right. I'm going to try this other caller again, who's been on the line. I don't know if if they're if they have themselves muted. Again, your phone number ends with eight eight zero eight. Are you on the line? Hello, Hello hey. Paul. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, who am I speaking uh, with? Homer Crothers. Hey, Homer, how are you? I'm I'm very well. I um, I didn't realize that uh, when I phoned in that I was uh, going to be participating in the talk show. I get uh, the post. Uh, the COS post on Facebook, and I was looking through them this morning and saw where um, you were going to have this podcast, and I was interested in what Chelsea Clinton was going to have to say uh, about her mother's stand with gun rights. Um, so that's why I had... Uh, well, I, I, I was actually hoping that... Uh, she wasn't stumping for her mother that she was uh, seeing the, the truth in the Second Amendment. It was um, really saying that it needed to be there. But now that I understand what she's saying, uh, she's participating with her mother in, uh, in taking away the gun rights. The Second Amendment is the second of the Bill of Rights. So... They're really messing with the the original Bill of Rights whenever they start uh, doing things that will take away any of those first ten amendments. And I, I'm, I'm not pleased with that at all. Um, presently, in fact, it just happened on April the 20th, I'm the uh, state director for COS in Georgia. I'm oh, congratulations you. now. So Homer, that's a that's an interesting position because Georgia was the first state to pass our application, correct? That's right. March the sixth of two thousand fourteen. Yes. Yes. So and so uh, let me ask. I, I've had I've had uh, folks on before. I've interviewed a volunteer out in Florida, and of course they've passed our application as well. What are you folks in Georgia doing right now? Even though the the application's already been passed, what what do you do to stay busy? Well, what I'm I'm trying to do is, uh, since I've just been given this uh, three days ago, I was a district captain in uh, District 44, and I've been district captain since November of last year. And now that I have this, I'm uh, trying to learn everything that a state director needs to do. Um, the previous state director is staying with me as deputy for the transition for a transition period. So I'm going back and talking with each of the members of the state team. Uh, I'm looking um, at the records of uh, of the applicants who have volunteered for leadership positions and perhaps haven't been appointed to anything. <clears throat> I want to build uh, a strong, active team that will grow the grassroots because I'm, I want 
I see Georgia because it was the first state to pass it. I see it as the flagship of the fleet, and I don't want there to be a uh, an effort to rescind that application. Uh, so I, uh, I I want to first strengthen the team, and then have some strategic meetings about how we can move this thing uh, onto a stronger foundation than we currently have. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I heard from Florida as well, which some folks think, oh, you're done, right? You passed in your in your legislature, but they had a, a an, an effort last year to try and rescind the app, actually all of the Article 5 applications. Uh, we think here in Texas there might be a, a small effort as well to do that. I, I don't know how much momentum they're going to get. Of course, here in Texas, I'm, I, my situation is similar to yours. I was brought in as, as co-director. We still have our, our uh, other state director, Tamara Colbert, is, has been our, our director here since uh, early in the project, probably since late in 2013. Like you, I was a district captain and uh, Tamara was just so overwhelmed here in Texas and with some of her national duties that uh, she asked me to join last November. Uh, I think when you started up as a district captain, I, I started to transition over. She told me it wouldn't be busy, um, but we had no idea that Governor Abbott was going to do what he did in January, which has really jump-started us uh, even more here in Texas. And we believe that's going to have an effect across the nation because uh, – our opinion is he is uniquely qualified to address this issue as a former member of the Texas Supreme Court, former attorney general here, having sued uh, multiple administrations, not just the Obama administration. He, he sued the, um, the previous administration, the Bush administration, as well, uh, a case which actually uh, propelled Senator Ted Cruz, wasn't senator at the time, was solicitor general, propelled him into the limelight uh, Arguing before the Supreme Court, and you know his his experience in dealing with trying to enforce basically the Tenth Amendment through litigation uh, has certainly brought him to the conclusion that that is somewhat of a fruitless effort, and that yeah. the only option you really have is to truly bring in some amendments which will constrain the court uh, through um, a legal means in the in the actual. Uh, constitutional document. So yes. he is a huge advocate for us, and we are just so excited to have him on board. Makes us very busy here, but but that's all right. We don't mind. Well, Homer, what else yeah. can we do for you, or you just want to hang on and listen? Uh, well, I, I'm just going to hang on and listen for a while. I do have some other things I need to get to, though. And um, Boy, I, I hear that. You know, we're only on for another seven minutes, so it's not going to be that long. Um in the future, if all you want to do is listen, you can just punch it up. Uh, like I was telling Bill earlier, you can punch it up on your device by going directly to the link, or you can uh, wait until later if you want to listen to it on iTunes. It, the podcast actually rolls over there. It's a, it's a pretty fascinating technology. I use the free version, so uh, there are some limitations on that, and one of them is that I only get to go 30 minutes, but that's probably a good thing. All right, Homer, yeah. you take care, and uh, we, we right. thank you for the work you all have done out in Georgia already. Thank you, Paul. Oh, you're welcome. Okay, we got a, a few more minutes, and just a, a quick close-up on that story with uh, Chelsea Clinton. Again, campaigning for her mother. Doesn't, doesn't surprise anyone. We did an episode uh, a couple months back 
right after the passing of Justice Scalia, and that was a concern that folks had was the balance of power in the Supreme Court is now uh, up for grabs, and certainly Justice Scalia was a strong voice for uh, original intent of the Constitution, what was what's called an originalist view, and it's certainly an opportunity now to swing that court in a direction in which the original intent would not be held up, and unless we have some other constraints on the Supreme Court from either direction, and folks, we want to put this out even for folks who may share a different view of what the, the government, the federal government should do. At this point, it really doesn't matter what you or I, you know, either side thinks. The Supreme Court, whatever they rule, that ends up being law. That's how it is interpreted. There's, uh, you know, there's a whole huge volume of what's truly constitutional law as interpreted by the Supreme Court that the legislature and the federal government uh, is uh, basically told this is now what the law is. And, and we heard – and we covered this again a few weeks ago. We heard both uh, Governor Kasich and Senator Lindsey Graham, who were both running for president at the time, at the time of the ruling last June on the Obergefell versus Hodges, the same-sex marriage ruling. Uh, they both said, you know, uh, whatever the Supreme Court rules, that's going to be the law, and that's what we'll have to follow. That's really not how the founders envisioned the Supreme Court working. They they envisioned that laws would come from the the legislature. And we need to put constraints back into the Constitution to make sure that that is what happens. All right, real quickly, I want to cover the, the other story that's uh, big from the Supreme Court this week, and it happens to involve the state of Texas as well. The case is actually United States versus Texas. It was Texas which took the lead on suing the federal government again. That was when uh, our current governor, Greg Abbott, was attorney general on dealing with the executive order for uh, immigrations being immigrants being brought in uh, legally to our nation. And Governor Abbott has stated this week as he was looking at that the oral arguments being presented uh, before the Supreme Court on Monday, uh, he said that this is now a, a political issue. You know, he said certainly before Justice Scalia passed away, he felt our chances were good there. And if the court were to rule solely on the basis of the law, it should be an eight to zero decision now. That that's you know, this is clearly out of bounds for any executive to make a ruling on this, which is completely contrary to what Congress has, has put in as the law. He thinks the best we can hope for is a four to four split. The consequences would be a, a win because the lower courts have, have ruled against uh the president's administration and, and the executive order. But it won't be broad based if if uh, it's only a four-to-four decision, and it, uh, the concern there is that this ends up not putting in a precedent that we would have liked to have. Uh, but here's what the, a key point which Governor Abbott stated this week, that this lawsuit really isn't about immigration. It's about presidential power, and here's a quote from him. The lawsuit is about the fact that the president completely abandoned the Constitution, assumed power he does not have, and wrote law. The lawsuit is about the fact that if the president wins this lawsuit, the Constitution as we know it has been completely rewritten and Congress no longer has any authority, unquote. So that's the concern, again, that we have here at the Convention of States, perhaps more than any other branch of the federal government. The judicial side has, has gone way out of bounds, and that's been brewing for decades. And if you have a chance to read Governor Abbott's Texas plan, 
his his ninety page document, he not only outlines what it is he wants to do, but he specifically goes into the reasons why we are at where we're at, and he really focuses in on the Supreme Court and how that really took a turn during the administration of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He goes into the politics behind that, and he goes into certainly the uh, the circumstances and the ramifications, the implications of what occurred and how we've gotten to where we've gotten, how that they have built upon precedent after precedent. Uh, sometimes even when they write minority opinions, they will put things in in which they will be able to reference later to build their case for a majority opinion down the road. Um, it's a very, very uh, clinical, tactical, strategical move. Uh, it's very deliberate. Uh, it takes time. And we at the Convention of States Project have to realize that what we're doing, it's going to take time to unravel this. So we are excited with the momentum we've gotten from Governor Abbott, as I stated earlier when I was talking with Homer on the phone. Um, we are very excited about the momentum around the country. Again, we've, we saw both Oklahoma and Missouri this week. Uh, we have momentum in these states, and our, our victories, the, the vote differences there, were significant. We, it was not close on any of, their, of those House votes. So very exciting. We, we think we're going to have a, a great vote uh, here on the House, in the House of, in Texas in, uh, when our session starts this coming January. Um, it is our hope that we begin to take the lead, as Governor Abbott has challenged uh, our legislature to do. This is a little bit embarrassing to Texas to not be in the lead. Homer was stating very proudly that Georgia is, is the leader, and, and they were out in front first on this. And we are very, very happy to have our friends from Georgia having taken the lead on this, and, and Texas is ready to take the baton and carry that forward in the coming sessions. And we, we ask the other states to join us as well. We are uh, working in other states at this time, and, and hopefully in the next few weeks we'll have some more wonderful news from around the nation. We're about to uh, end the show now. Um, I, I don't have time even to play have Madison Rising play us out. I thank our callers, Homer and Bill, for calling in, and we will talk to you again next week on that Provident article. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.